Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Guest today is Richard Beck, our first guest, and our topic is recovering from a traumatic event. Richard Beck is a member of the American Group Psychotherapy Association Board of Directors, a past president of the Eastern Group Psychotherapy Society, an adjunct professor at Fordham University Graduate School of Social Service, and has conducted well over 1,000 hours of trauma groups post-9-11 and Hurricanes Katrina, Rita, and Wilma. He has written several articles on trauma and has lectured nationally and internationally on the treatment of trauma and its impact on the therapist. Welcome to the show, Richard. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Gloria. Hi. It's great to have you on the show, Richard. I'm just absolutely overwhelmed with uh, what, the, what you've done with in the area of trauma and loss. It's a pretty amazing amount of as have, and has, as have both you and Heidi provided such a service to your audience members by having this show and, and providing a, a safe space for people to listen and to know that they're not alone as yeah. they're going through grief in their own lives as they're listening even to this show. Oh, thank you, Richard. It's uh, it's wonderful work that I think we're all doing. You mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about how you got into the trauma work? Well, sometimes you get born into into professions even before you're aware of it. Uh, my folks were Holocaust survivors, and there's just something about trauma being not discussed but being aware of uh, in our in my family growing up. And don't you think uh, that kind of gives you an ability to be able to sit with it, maybe where other people can't? It's hard to hear. I'll give you I'll give you an example. Uh, every Friday night, my mother would light the candles, and she would cry because she was grieving her sister who died in a concentration camp in a gas chamber, mm-hmm. and I was bearing witness to her grief. Mm-hmm. And this is something which, when people are grieving or traumatized, we can't change what they've experienced, but we can listen to them and we can bear witness to what people are going through and are living through. And and in in many ways, there's a real privilege to that, isn't there, Richard? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's, it, it's not just a sad thing. It's such an honor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to 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 be able to bear witness to those kinds of things. Right. We can't change what's happened in the lives of the people we're privileged to work with. But what I tell myself or my students is that whatever someone has lived through, I can listen to and allow them to share. And that's, that's an amazing gift that you have. And does allowing them to share and tell their story eventually, is, is that one of the main things that helps them to heal after a trauma, do you think? That is a very beginning stage of allowing people to heal. Hearing the story. And to feel safe enough to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can tell you a true story, a, a colleague of mine had a, has a country house, and his five-year-old son was stung by a bee, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, and they were in the kitchen in the afternoon, maybe 2 o'clock, and his son says, Dad, I was stung by a bee. It was about 10 o'clock this morning when I was stung. And my friend looked at him, and he tended to the bee sting, and he said, Why are you telling me this now? It's 2 in the afternoon. And out of the mouth of babes, his son says, 
But that sometimes you have to be in a safe place to talk about scary things. Uh, mm-hmm. that some people do not talk about their trauma for a long time. It mm-hmm. sounds like. So, so what do you think? Do people need therapy? I know one of the big questions I get, Richard, from mm-hmm. people is, do you think I need to find a therapist? You know, because you're feeling, you've had this loss, you're feeling very crazy. And, and also, um, how will I know when I need to find yeah. a therapist? Two wonderful questions. After a trauma, we're not doing therapy per se. We're just trying to help people um, become who or how they were before the event happened. We don't know necessarily what a person's life was uh, before a tornado or a car accident or a flood or even a death. Mm-hmm. So we, we give people the chance to unfold at their own pace. Mm, very good point. I think that a lot of people feel you, know, you should just get over it. It's been, what did Susie say? It was how many months ago that her husband died? Five five months ago, mm-hmm. there's, there's no time frame for grieving. Mm-hmm. Susie or anyone who's in her situation needs to be able to feel entitled to heal at her own pace. I like that, entitled to heal. And, and not because, exactly. And not because we say, well, it's been four months, you should get over it, right. or him or her. Well, you know, uh, we're going to have to go to break now, but when we come back from break, uh, I want to talk to you about the difference, the, you know, what about trauma? Cause, and I think Heidi has uh, a couple, um, email about someone who's suffered. Yeah, who's suffering. I have a couple of emails. Yeah, and uh, I want to talk to those people out there who are still having untoward experiences uh, coming up for them. So we're Especially time for, anniversary reactions. Yeah, anniversary reactions, that exactly. kind of thing, too. I wanted to make sure that people who wanted to get in touch with Richard and happened to live in the New York City metropolitan area, uh, Richard runs groups. He can tell you about those and uh, give us the telephone. You do individual and group. That's but right. give uh, his telephone number out to people that are in that area and want to travel into Manhattan. So do you want to go for that, Richard? Sure. My office number is 212-721-7395. And uh, you do groups mainly, or do you do individuals too? I do individual, but when it comes to trauma work, what I found is people heal from trauma best in groups. Um, it really reduces people's sense of isolation and even perhaps a sense of shame at having been traumatized. And I would say the same for group for grief as well, that I'm not alone in my journey, in my tears, in my pain. And if I can help someone else, I can begin to help myself as well overcome and understand what I'm feeling. So you'd, you'd suggest that a good way, and if people aren't in the metropolitan area, that they find a group in their area, maybe Absolutely. through hospice or the hospital or whatever, Absolutely. Uh, to do this work. Well, Heidi's got a couple of emails I think we should get to here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the first one is from, let's see, Nancy in Costa Mesa, California. It says, my daughter was murdered two years ago. Since that time, my husband has become increasingly more distant towards me and works all the time. I think group therapy would really help him, but I don't know how to get him to go. Any thoughts, Richard? If I'm hearing a sense of her isolation and her husband having tremendous feelings, but he doesn't feel comfortable sharing his feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe he's afraid of the depth of his feelings. Uh, Perhaps they could speak with uh, someone themselves as a couple. 
Well, that might be a way to start, wouldn't it? Go for, and, and sometimes you can get your spouse to go for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, Richard, I know that you worked in the corporate sector, That's and you right. talked about um, working in buildings that overlooked 9/11, the World Trade Center after and, and going into companies. And you, you talked to me about the fact that it's, you often saw that men did throw themselves into their work. That's right. And begin working a lot after trauma. That's right. And they wouldn't come as much to the groups as the, the women who worked and either were in the buildings in the towers or observed mm-hmm. the planes hit the buildings. Now, do you think that delayed their grief? Or, I mean, how do you think that impacts grief when people don't want to deal with it, or is that fine, or what's your thought? I think it's that everyone grieves in their own way, in their own time, Mm -hmm. and that they're protecting very vulnerable feelings. Mm -hmm. I tell people that when doing trauma work that I'm not a dentist, that I don't probe, does this hurt, does that hurt? And I'm not a clam shucker, that I don't (laughs) try to open people's feelings up I respect when someone just takes their time, even if it's months or, or more than just a few months, to give them the space to feel safe and comfortable enough to talk about very painful feelings. I, I love that for our audience out there. You don't have to go to a dentist who's going to probe your feelings. Right. Or you don't have to go to a clam ch- ch- shucker clam who's going to ask you to open up. Thank if you're you. out there and you're around people who want you to do those two things, even if they're not... Uh, therapists, sometimes people try to, you know, get you to open up and feel like, you know, you've really got to do this. You don't have to, do you? No. Oh, I just wanted to add, when you talked about losses, I would also include the loss of pets. Mm, right. Because Absolutely. Because people have such love and attachment for pets. Uh, you know, someone just emailed me today, a, a mm-hmm. friend of mine that's on the board with me, a compassionate friend, and right. said, my dog just died. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that because, you know, it's, uh, you know, a big loss for people. You're right. Absolutely. And, and pets also connect us to, oftentimes to people that we know that have died. That's right. Family members and our, our we have a lot of positive memories around our, with our pets and around our pets. That's exactly right. Um, I have another email. Do we have time for that, Mom? Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's from Raquel in Chicago, Illinois, and it's uh, she says, My brother died in a house fire eight months ago. Mm-hmm. I barely escaped with my own life, and I can't get the images of the fire out of my head. They just keep playing over and over like a broken record. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that unusual, Richard, to replay those in trauma? No, that's one of the signature experiences of people who've been traumatized, that mm-hmm. the images... I mean, I remember as a New Yorker, I would look up into tall buildings, and for such a long time I could still imagine a plane going into them. Mm-hmm. And that's just a normal reaction. It's not so. So, what do you do, Richard, when these so these are intrusive thoughts, and you have to concentrate at school or at work, and you keep having this record go in your head over and over, and you don't want it to because you need to concentrate? Very tough question. Yeah. Find someone that you feel safe enough to talk about. Mm-hmm. That you're not alone. Find other people who've had similar experiences, mm-hmm. who you can begin to heal together. And the images can shift in their intensity, and the images can become part of your history. They don't have to be your identity, always thinking of of the fire, always thinking, I survived in the guilt that I lived, and my brother didn't. So you can look at them as part of history. That's right. Well, um... I, I I want to thank Rochelle for that, and I've got one from Lily, which sounds like a really pressing issue. Um, she said she was 
uh, Lily uh, emailed us and said, I was in a car a year ago when my sister died. Mm. We were hit by a drunk driver. I sometimes dream about it, and occasionally I wake up screaming. I'm going to college next year, and I'd really be embarrassed if it happened in my dorm. Do you have any thoughts on this? That's interesting because uh, mm-hmm. it's back a while ago, but but this fear that it, she could do this, it would be embarrassing. Well, I, I think both of you have worked with people that anniversaries mm-hmm. stir up tremendous feelings when people don't expect it. Mm-hmm. So that, that comes out in our dreams. I mean, I, yeah. when my brother died, I wasn't even at the accident, but I had read the accident report and knew that he had mm-hmm. died and it was a fiery death, so it was very traumatic. I had I had nightmares where I woke up screaming when my roommates were terrified right. for a year. And I think it was my unconscious trying to work through the trauma. That's right. And, and have for, for uh, our friend Lily, Heidi, how did you deal with it? And when you woke up, did you tell them why you were screaming? Or I absolutely told them why. And, you know, I started, like Richard said, I really reached out to others because I was holding the story and the details because I was afraid to talk about all the trauma around his death so I wasn't telling anyone. When I started disclosing the details to other people right. and sharing my story, the nightmares were not as pervasive. They, st- they stopped, and eventually I didn't have them anymore. And perhaps the shame of having the nightmares reduced as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right. Richard. Mm-hmm. So telling the story gets rid of the shame, you're saying, Richard? Absolutely. It detoxifies shame. Uh- I like that. Detoxifies the shame. Shame is a fascinating thing, isn't it? The survivor guilt and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Very powerful. Very and, powerful feeling. And also for people to know that this is normal and, and many exactly. people have it. That they're not alone. Right. In this, in this, what seems absurd or embarrassing, but these are normal reactions to yeah. having survived awful experiences. And, and I also, Richard, would you say that... Um, well, you were talking about the anniversary reaction. I was thinking for Lily, she might do a little uh, exploration of when she does scream because, you know, maybe when she's stressed or mm-hmm. maybe anniversary or, you know, you, you sometimes have to be a little detective, don't you? A bit. Maybe give herself permission to scream. Right. I like that. Because the more that we try to not make it happen and repress things, then oftentimes we get so anxious that it happens more. If we're trying to stop it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I think, again, uh, Heidi, you're telling your story to Lily. should help her, too, in knowing, again, she's not alone. You did it. You survived it. Your roommates didn't flip out, right? No, they wake up startled, but <laughs> they went back to sleep. <laughs> college, college students can sleep through anything. <laughs> they might have felt closer to you when you opened up to them. Yeah, yeah did you, know you get what, it? Richard, I agree with you. Right. It definitely made us closer. Yeah. So, Richard, um, one question I want to ask you, what's the difference between grief and depression? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. When there's a sense of hopelessness, grief is a normal reaction mm-hmm. when you've lost someone you loved, or even if you've lost something that you've loved. Uh, but depression is when you start to feel there's no... There's no use in getting up tomorrow, that there's no interest in life. Uh-huh. I'm sleeping too much. I'm not sleeping enough. I'm eating too much. I'm not eating. I'm not. Uh, it's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't can't move out of it. You know, um, I know, notice, you know, you've gone to Katrina and those kinds of uh, mm-hmm. things. 
What about loss of possessions? You know, loss of your house. Your house. Your your loss of your history. Well, you lose things. Uh, When I went down to Katrina, to to, uh, Baton Rouge, I was treating the therapists who were so burning out. Mm-hmm. And several colleagues lost their practices, and they lost their homes. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose themselves. Ah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't lose themselves. Well, you know, it's time for us to close mm-hmm. uh, this show, and I-, I love that idea of of not losing yourself. That's right. Do you have any uh, uh, other uh, things that you'd like to close the show with today? Well, just so at first, I'm so grateful to be invited to be on the show and to learn from both of you. Well, thanks, but, Richard. We've enjoyed having you. But we just, have. No, same here. But just to have the hope that over time, when people have had a loss or a trauma, that this can become someone's history and does not have to remain their identity on a daily basis. Oh, thank you. That's a great way to close the show. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.